Welcome to another episode of the Empire Radio Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Drew. And we have got a really cool episode for you today. Really, some really exciting stuff. We're going to be talking about our top five Star Wars moments of all time. So strap in and get ready for some semi-polarizing opinions. Well, and I <laughs> um, have a really juicy one that you guys are just going to have to wait and listen to. Because it's pretty sick. Well, I'm I'm definitely excited. So, uh, but first, we are going to do the news like we normally do. We haven't really had much the last few weeks. Uh, I, I guess I should say anything confirmed um, because we're not huge fans of speculation on this podcast. But um, we do have one really significant thing that actually dropped this morning um, that Jeremiah, you so kindly brought our attention to, um, and that is that. Unfortunately, the Project Luminous High Republic publishing initiative has been delayed. No, a yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it it is kind of sad. Um, for those of you know, I really like the book. So does Drew. We're gonna get Jeremiah to like him. One day, Um, I already said that I might try to read one of these. In this mm. High Republic thing, so well, I'll do the middle even, school one. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes it even more sad because, yeah, that the actually delay does. went <laughs> with the, yeah the delay went from August of this year to it, it now beginning in January of 2021, which is a bummer. Yeah. So, um, let's see, Repu- uh, Star Wars: The whole, The High Republic. Light of the Jedi, and then the middle grade novel, Star Wars High Republic, A Test of Courage, will now be releasing on January 5th of 2021, and then Claudia Gray's young adult novel, Star Wars The High Republic, Into the Dark, has been moved back, all the way back to February 5th of that. Second. Our next, yeah, huh? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, that that is a two. Uh, (laughs) February 2nd of 2021, and then... Uh, to add even more bummers, uh, bummers to the news, the release dates for um, Marvel series and IDW Publishing's uh, adventure series, uh, both comic series, has been delayed, but they have not been settled yet. So they're going to be announced later. Um, so kind of a bummer, but we're going to have to wait a considerable amount of time now. And we all have COVID-19 to blame essentially when you think the world is getting back to somewhat normal they drop stuff like this on us well uh, i don't i don't know i i think we're moving a little never mind i'm not going to talk about it but (laughs) (laughs) this isn't the point uh but there was a there was a letter attached to the news article from michael siglane 
He's the creative director of Lucasfilm Publishing. Um, and you can check that letter out at starwars.com slash news. That's where we got our information from um, to give credit where credit is due. Um, and there's a nice, well-worded letter there um, that says, hey, we're sorry, this sucks, but just hang tight. We're still going to do all the cool things that we said we were going to do, basically. So, yeah. Word for word, actually. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was shorter than a tweet, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's cool. It's got like the High Republic logo on it and um, it's got a Yoda quote to start the letter and on pretty stationary and whatever. So, yeah. Jeremiah, you said, um, and then it sounded like you were going to say something. Were you going to say something? Oh, that wasn't me. Oh, was it Drew? (laughs) (laughs) It sounded just like Jeremiah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that's the news. That's the news. I mean... In collecting news, Funko just announced that there's four new Funko Pops that are dropping a GameStop exclusive only, which is means it's going to be really hard to get your hands on. But there's some non-canon, um, what I say, creatures or characters, probably, probably that one, characters, um, that are now Funkos, which is really cool. Andrew, I sent you the link. I don't know why mine's not. Oh, Here, let me check it. Oh, interesting. There's more but, than one. But Revan oh, wow. is technically canon, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes and no. How is it no? He, he, he's canon in the he's canon in the game. He's canon like, in the game is canon, but like But he's but in the The Rise of Skywalker all those final order ships yeah, are named yeah, after previous I mean, Sith. So I mean, I guess he is. I guess he yeah, is canon. I guess he is like his name is canon, but like, does he look like this? I don't know. I mean, what I was going to say is they brought him into the uh, Galaxy of Heroes game as like a Legends legacy character deal, and then mm-hmm. that's kind of how he's made his way into like actual recognition. Dude, but we like, haven't kind of getting popular. Well, the, and he was before. He was so cool. But there I go again. I don't want to get stuck on an mm-hmm. expanded universe thing. And but who's a bald fellow? Malik? Wait, have He's you never played Knights of the Republic? Knights of the Republic tra- uh, trailers and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah but have, have either of you played Knights of the Old Republic? No. I, I ha- have on my phone. But I don't really recall this character. Like, oh, I, it didn't man. look like it to me. I have never I know played him, a but didn't computer look like game, like a PC game, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, anyways, it's Malik. It's Darth Malik. So we've got Revan. We've got Malik. We've got a, a new version of Yoda. And then... What? I'm trying to... It's, a, it's like a Shadow Trooper? Yeah, kind of, but blue. No, no. Well, it says the first few years from Star Wars: The Force Awakens as as the Shadow Trooper gets his debut. Huh? I've never seen this Shadow Trooper. Neither have I. Maybe it's in the book. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see. Let me let me see. Oh no 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 no. Oh, the Force Unleashed. Nope. The sh- oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Oh, is it typo? It's from the Force Unleashed. 
I think it, I think it might've been a typo either. I just, yeah, that's a typo. It's, it says the force awakens in the article, but it's definitely the force unleashed. Oh, and they, they turn, they turn invisible, but dude, that looks super cool. Yeah, they look sweet. Um, go check it out if you're a fan of Pops. That got announced today as well. Um, I he's kinda, getting a Black Series figure too. He is, yeah. Yeah. And I kind of cool. dabble on Pops. Um, I I want to really get into Black figures, but they're so hard to find. At least where I live, like I can't find any of the ones I want. Yeah. Like I don't now, know all they need is to they need to make a Black Series helmet for this guy, and then. I can get another Stormtrooper helmet. Or <laughs> Dark Raven Black f- Series helmet. Revan? Yeah, right. Why didn't I say Raven? Raven. Raven. I, I would dope? buy that. I would I would buy that. I want his lightsaber, but everybody knows that. Everybody knows I want, some, I want the lightsaber. That. I'm still looking forward to it. So Yeah. Anyways. All right. Well let's get into it. We're about I, to get I, into our stop. I'm ready. Or stop. I can't talk or right stop. now. All right. You know what? I'm just going to play our legendary TIE fighter sign and we're going to get just get into it. Just get into it. All right. Here we go. All right, boys. So like I mentioned in the intro, we are going to be counting down our top five episode, or excuse me, top five moments or scenes in all the Star Wars canon, including the books, the canon books, the movies, and then the television shows. Um, and I just want to start off by saying how difficult this was. Um, yeah. For me, it was it was really difficult. And I have a list of, like I have my list, and I still don't I, like. I can't remember if I've covered everything, um, but um, you'll 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 find that a few of these stand out to me because of experiences I had in my, with my childhood. And anyways, so it was really difficult for me, um, but I'm sure this is going to be a fun episode nonetheless. Um, so uh, how do how do you guys want to go about this? You want to start with number five? Yep, we can do yeah. that. Start with number five as a round, and then yeah, keep going. Yeah, the around. same way we did the uh, the, the trilogies. Uh, yeah, and then one question I have though before we jump into that is, how did you guys come up with your top five? Like, what aspects of a scene or moment makes it so great that you had oh. to put it? Because I think we might all have different reasonings for why something should be considered a top moment. So, like, how did you balance that decision? Yeah, um, that, that's a really good question. For me, it was, I think, of a, a combination of the moments that meant the most to me um, as far as their depth. As either an adult or, like, a child as well. I mean, because, like... Two of these, two of the five for me were moments that like had a massive, they were just like really cool and they have a mass, they had a massive impact on me as a kid, as a younger like viewer. And then the other three are um, scenes that stuck out for me for what they symbolized and the depth that they brought to the Star Wars canon. So for me, it's like, it's a combination of, yeah, like what's going on is really cool, but at the same time, you know, there's way more depth 
than a scene that it's like, you know, Jar Jar running in the forest in episode one or something that it, it, you know, it's just like face value. You just take it for what it is and you keep going. Like these are scenes that as an adult, I was like, Oh wow. That was really meaningful and had an impact on the star Wars canon or the characters that were involved or something like that. Drew, what do you, how do you come up with your list? So my list is things that stand out to me personally. Like it doesn't, I want to say they're probably in some people's minds. They're not the best star Wars scenes probably, but for me, they're like scenes that I've never forgotten. Or when I think of star Wars, those are like the couple scenes that pop in my head. And I know one of them it made my list only because I've seen it a lot recently. Not technically. I don't know if it is going to stay in my top five past like a couple months, but it's just something I've seen recently and I enjoyed. So. Yeah. There, there's If there's one thing that our listeners have learned about us, it is that anytime we do any sort of ranking, either by the end of the episode or the next day, normally our lists are completely different. So yeah, I'm like thinking right now and I already want to change one of mine. So. Well, you can, you still got time before you say it. I have yeah. Time. Jeremiah, anyway, what did, how did for you me, pick? Yeah. So there's a few different criteria. I think, um, one, it has to have a soca in it. That That's a very strong one, but I did not <laughs> necessarily have that as a reasoning. But um, I would say that uh, the the moment has to be very meaningful to uh, a larger plot line. So it could be to the whole entire like Star Wars saga. It could be something that's meaningful for the whole totality, or it could be... Um, a meaningful part of the storyline of a single character. And so it has to be meaningful um, in it. So now it's not the only thing, but also it also has to be like uh, what gets me emotionally like drawn in and connected to a scene. Um, Also, you know, it has to be like just like the fan service of something that was cool and entertaining that, you know, it's just fun to watch and it's great because it's just, the visual effects are great or, or whatever. So those are kind of like the main criteria. And so it, it took me a long time to like my top four where I was pretty confident on my fifth spot was the hardest one just because there's so many things that I had to leave out of the list. And Oh, sure. Yeah. Like I was, cause we were originally, we were supposed to record this a uh, day earlier and I was at work and I was still thinking what was my fifth spot? Like just a few hours before we were supposed to, record and then like i changed it last night my fifth spot so if we record last oh, night sure. i would have had a different fifth spot <laughs> so <laughs> so so that asked me sweet all right well let's uh let's begin with number five um and i'll go ahead and i'll do mine so my number five my fifth favorite top whatever you want to call it moments in Star Wars canon, um, was the whole scene with Obi-Wan and Anakin from Attack of the Clones where they fight Dooku, but most specifically from the point Yoda enters to the end of that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because Attack of the Clones is my least favorite movie prequel, and if I don't remember where how I even rated the movies as a whole, but it was like pretty low on my list anyways. Um, 
But I remember this is one of the scenes that is on my list because of the impact it had on me as a kid. Because, you know, like I was, I don't even remember how old I was, but I was like definitely younger than 10. So it was 2003, I think, when the movie came out. When it came out. Okay, so I was seven, if that's the case. No. Right. No, no, no. I was nine. I'm sorry. I was nine. Um, so I would have been nine and I remember cause it, it's like the first time you see Yoda, yeah, um, you know, fight. And, and so like as a kid, you, you know, you always know Yoda is, you know, supposed to be the most powerful Jedi at the time for whatever reason, like, you know, he trains yeah. Luke in the original trilogy or he's, you know, the leader of the Jedi council in the prequels, but then you see him walk in and then, you know, he like, you see him walk in and you see the the silhouette of his shadow and you're like, Oh, that's Yoda. And he kind of hobbles in with his cane. And then, you know, they have the whole exchange, him and Dooku with the force, which is super epic. They're like throwing things around and Yoda absorbs the lightning from Dooku and throws it back at him and all these, or does he, does, or is that in revenge of the Sith when he does that? Either way, he absorbs the lightning Oh, yeah, and, he absorbs uh, the lightning in this one, yeah. yeah he absorbs and, and, and redirects it. He does it two different times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, at that point, we had never seen that. I was like, oh, my gosh, you can do that with a Force lightning? Because, like, <laughs> up until that point, all we had seen is Palpatine do it. And you're like, oh, this stuff is serious business. So, he, you know, he, it just shows how powerful he is. And then there's, like, there's a moment where he says, um, like, much to learn. You still have my my old apprentice. He's, like, super BA, basically. Yeah. And then he does the part. The You have the part where he, like, drops his cane, uses the force to flip his lightsaber into his hand, and then he just goes <laughs> nuts. And so I remember as, like, a nine-year-old kid, just the unexpected sheer BA-ness of Yoda in that scene, I, it just – it blew me away. Like, yeah, and he didn't even have the high ground, and he so did so well. <laughs> Yoda never has the high ground because he's short. That's how powerful he is, y'all. Okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So keeping keeping things rel- no pun intended relatively short. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I just remember as a kid, like watching that in the movie theater and just getting done with that movie and being like, "That was that was awesome. Like that was incredible." So, and fun fact. Um, I, I don't know if I've told this story. I think I've told it in another episode of Empire Radio. But um, my dad had a friend when I was younger, when this movie came out, actually. And around the time that the movie came out, um, his friend was having a bachelor party because he was getting married. And so he was a big Star Wars fan as well. And uh, my dad and the other groomsmen were like, well, he's a f- fan of Star Wars. We're going to go take him to see like one of the first showings of Attack of the Clones. And so they took him and they all dressed up as Jedi and had lightsabers, like fake lightsabers, and then had the groom dress up as Yoda. And so when they walked into the movie theater, they like formed two lines on either side of the door with the lightsabers and then had him walk in, you know, in between them and all this stuff and made it like really cheesy. But people that had seen the movie at the showing before them saw him dressed up as Yoda and began clapping for him because of that scene. <laughs> and cool. none of them had any idea why until they saw the movie but they were they were making comments about how how good Yoda was in the movie and they're like well we have no idea what you're talking about but we'll take your word for it <laughs> <laughs> so anyways that's my number five Jeremiah all right so this is the hardest one uh for me um 
And so my number five was the reveal of Darth Maul in the Solo movie. Oh, really? Yes. And so the reason why is, well, one, I still very vividly remember my reaction in the theater on opening night when I saw that. And I was just ecstatic. I was just insane. And like my, my, one of my coworkers, Matt, was with me sitting next to me. And he said that I was just like, he couldn't believe how much I was like freaking out. Because like no one in a million years would have guessed that Maul was going to be. Oh, no. Be the, be the boss, basically, of Han Solo's ex-girlfriend, basically. Like no one would have yeah. would have guessed that. And. Also, so when it, I remember, um, because okay, I'm 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 so excited to talking about because I just love this scene so much. But <laughs> um, one of the reasons why I like it so much is because of the potential of what they could do with this for other movies or television series. Oh and, yeah. Uh, now we haven't gotten that to fruition yet, but I still think it's in the next few years we're going to get more mall with what he was doing between episodes three and four. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just thinking about all this potential on how they could make more movies. And I was so excited about going to jump into mall so much that this is what got so, I got so excited. I remember going home and posting on Facebook when I watched it, I was like, Hey, this is an amazing movie. And I'm so excited for the future Star Wars because of what they do with something they did in this movie. And it was just great. Um, and yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's just a simple scene, short scene. But because of the potential of what it could bring and what it opened up and the excitement that it brought me, that's why I have it in my top five. Sweet, man. Yeah, that what that didn't make my top five, but I was really thinking about it. I love that scene. I still remember my reaction when I stood up and stuff, and he's like, "Huh?" I thought he died, and I was like, "I still oh, love yeah. that thing." I I stood up and clapped, and Stephanie told me to sit down because I was so embarrassing. <laughs> All right, well, that's my five. So, Drew, what's your number five? All right. My number five, and boys, just so you guys know, I have this written down. So, yeah. All right. My number five scene, top five scene of all time for me is in Empire Strikes Back when good old Luke is um, freezing to death and good old Han Solo (laughs) cuts open and he shoves him inside of that good old... (laughs) So that's my that's one of my top favorite scenes of all time because that's incredible. I remember as a child, I was I think when I was like little little, my mom never let me see it when it got cut open because she thought it was really gross. And then as when I got, I would always like sneak cover my eyes, you know, like when your parents like close your eyes, you can't see this part, and you always had like a finger crack open. At least I always did. So, so like I just, I just love that scene. And like, and like scenes, like the scenes leading up to that, when like Han Solo is like, I'll like, you're going to freeze out there. And he's like, well, I guess I'll see you in hell. Like that is, that didn't make my top five scenes, but that's such an iconic moment in star Wars. Cause one, it's a good question. Like what the hell does hell mean in star Wars? You know, like, 
it it changes like the that was like them saying a bad word back then, you know. So I just loved like that that part in Empire Strikes Back is such a like a small part of that movie, but it also is such a big like people still talk about that scene to this day. So for me, it's just an iconic scene, and I I don't know the reason why I picked my scenes is not necessarily like the best scenes because of what it brings to Star Wars. That like it is, but it isn't. It's my personal favorite scenes of all Star Wars, and some of them could be cringy, just so you guys know. Hey, yeah, that's you, my you number should, five scene. You cannot apologize. No, was that on any owe... of your guys' list? No, but <laughs> in fact, in fact, I didn't even have an idea really of what was going on when I saw that for the first time as a kid. But, exactly, it's a good scene. But, but anyways, you don't owe anyone an apology for the scenes that you picked. Well, thank you. Andrew. We respect them. It's it's a safe place. You know, there are yeah. people out there that think the Last Jedi was the best Star Wars movie, hmm. and so you I don't have know how no safe this place. We is for them, we, but... we are not judging them, and we're not going <laughs> to judge you for what you picked. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, I, I just love that scene. It's a good scene. Go watch it. Uh, cover your eyes if you want. But when those worms come out, it's. It's I th- I don't think they're worms. I think it's just fat. I think it's just like fat. Uh, I thought Whatever. it was like organs and like yeah. intestines and stuff. Well, see, Whatever the interesting is, thing is like you never see him shove Luke in, and so like I remember him cutting him open, and I'm like, oh okay, well, I guess like I for years, y'all, as a as a younger kid, I thought, oh, he just like shoved him up next to it to keep him warm. No, that boy was inside <laughs> that tauntaun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and tauntauns so. are like my favorite, like probably my, for sure my top five favorite like Star Wars creatures, like tauntauns. Like, I don't well, know. You, no, no, no. You can't, before, but. You, can't, you can't give away that because that'll be another episode sometime. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> I have I have like, I literally adopted, finger quotes is what they call it. At Galaxy yeah, you Dead. did. I adopted a tauntaun because I just love them. So... Yeah, I sadly when a Tauntaun died is one of my, is my top five favorite scenes. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, moving on to my number four. Um, my number four and my number three uh, swap back and forth a, a lot. Like as I've been looking at this list, uh, like one, two, and five are pretty set, and then like f- four and three swap. But where they've landed right now, my number four favorite scene is Kanan's um, death in Rebels. Um, That's that's interesting. Yeah, so it's not my number one, but it is on my list, so... Oh, really? So we we can wait for me to tell when that is, or we can both talk about it together. Just talk about it together. Yeah, we can talk about it together. Um... But don't don't reveal your number quite yet. Okay. Um, so I picked this obviously because okay. So first of all, Rebels, in my opinion, from start to finish, even though it starts a little slow, is just a masterpiece. The music, the animation, like oh, yeah, it it's faster it's, than Clone Wars. I can tell you that. It does. No, no, no. I it just does. finished rewatching the whole series again. The oh, it's so last, good. Last week or two weeks ago, I finished watching. It, I should so. do that. I need to do that. Yeah, like it's been a while. The amount of depth they were out at, able to add to that show for a kid's show was just remarkable to see. Um, for sure. 
but yeah, so this is my favorite scene. Um, I, I think from Rebels in general, but um, it's number four. It's on my list um, because, you know, it's kind of this multi-layered thing where he's sacrificing himself. He he comes to term with the fact that he needs to sacrifice and he has to let go like a Jedi does, right? And so there's this like buildup where he's learning that lesson as he in the episodes leading up to this. And then, you know, he sacrifices himself by holding back the fire with the force. And, you know, in that moment, you get an, uh, a little bit of a glimpse of like really how powerful he, he had become. But then, then you have the moment where his eyes return, his sight returns. Um, for, wait, hold on. I apologize to everyone. If you haven't seen Rebels... <laughs> Oh, yes. oh, spoiler alert. Uh, this, like, <laughs> this is like oh, towards, man. The end, towards the end of season four. So this is like. Dang, y'all. I am so spoiler. sorry. And I, 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 sorry I spoiled that um, Tauntaun scene. Tauntaun death. Yes. Um, yeah, honestly, <laughs> you should, you should know if we're talking about all of Star Wars, there's going to be spoilers, but. Yes, this is all spoilers. <laughs> anyways. Um, so his, his sight returns and then, but then there's that quick exchange that he has when he locks eyes with Hera, who, you know, they had finally come to terms with the fact that they loved one another. Anyways, it's just, it's a beautiful scene. Like, my wife and I watched it when we were watching through Rebels, and, you know, she was tearing up. I was on the verge of tearing up. Like, it was... Was Hera just already a- pregnant by then? Yes, because yes. Kanan's the dad, so... But That's what they, I'm you saying. didn't know it. But we also didn't know that they loved each other, even though she was already pregnant. So. That happens all no, no, the no, time. No. <laughs> and moving on jeremiah why did you uh why did you have this well first of all where was this on your list this was actually at number two. two. Oh, two. Oh, wow yeah Dude. and so okay and so yeah so the reason why i love that scene so much so i'll, I'll tell you even this that when that scene aired that was ended up being my number one. So since then, something in Star Wars canon has replaced number hmm. one. Hmm. But uh, let's hmm. definitely rise the Skywalker content. That's <laughs> sure. But uh, yeah, it was it's just now. It was just the most. Stop. It was just the whole scene was just perfect in every way. Because well, one like. Because I just watched the episode like a couple weeks ago. Because I rewatched the series. And so I knew the episode he was going to die. And so rewatching it, I was like the whole time I was on edge because I knew what was going to happen. But like the first time watching it, I didn't expect him to die. Like it was, it was a weird scene because he, he goes off and meditates beforehand. And there's like a weird scene where he, you know, he cuts his hair and shaves his beard and, it's just like really weird and weird tone, but you don't know what's why he's doing this, what exactly caused him, like what's going on in his mind. And they set it up where like, oh, he rescues Hera and they fly away and they get rescued. Like that that's what you thought. Okay. They help they rescue Hera and they're all one big happy family again. And so that's what I expected to happen. And then you know, they they exchange the I love you part and the kiss. And so then when Governor Price, you know, uses the ATATs and shoots down the or shoots the few pods, like I was like, Oh crap. 
like, okay, this is intense. And then like it shows him running away from the the ship that uh, Ezra and Sabine are using to get them out. And yeah. he runs towards the flames. I'm like, what is he doing? And then it goes to like soft, like choir music. And it's yeah. looking at Hera and and Ezra at first. And then them looking at it. And then it the camera turns to a behind this behind Kanan while he's pushing back the flames and holding it back. And it is the I would say that in in all of Star Wars, like Canon, this is probably the most powerful use of the force that I've seen. I, the amount of power he would need to hold all that force back was it was intense. And it's it kind of has a, like a two two part aspect of his force power because one the initial like brute force of, that he had to use to push back was intense because he was using both hands at first. But then later when in the scene when Hera jumps out to go get him or something like that, he uses one hand to hold it back and then one hand to put stop her and push her back into the ship. And so he, the first half is brute force of using the force in a sense and using his strength. But then the second half is using like, I would take the wisdom of the force to where he got a piece in himself where he calmed oh, yeah, down for sure. And, and then when his eyesight comes back, and he's the last thing he's doing when he dies is looking at Hera in her, her eyes again. Like, and it's funny because in the few episodes before this scene, there's been multiple conversations about how you know he wished he could see her again, and yeah, talking about their the site, how he was struggling with that, and he ends up getting it back, and then he sacrifices himself to to save Hera, Ezra, and Sabine, and. It was just super emotional, crying like crazy. And not only just the scene itself is great, but what that scene accomplished was their mission was to destroy the the TIE Defender program. And he did do that. And if he didn't do that, the Death Star program probably would have gotten canceled. And the TIE Defenders would have been the main force of the Empire to control the, the universe. And the Rebellion would have lost. Yeah, and so it's such a meaningful scene in every aspect, and it's it's perfect in every way for me. So that's why that's at number two, and that's why it was at one point my number one moment. Yeah, I mean, I now that everyone's crying, I would could not have said that better myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only you know, I agree with everything you were saying a hundred percent. Which makes me kind of sad that it's not number three and it switched to number four. But, anyways, <laughs> um, the one thing that I will say is normally with so with TV shows with when characters die or in movies when characters die, you don't normally. See it. Well, no, 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 no. You do, oh. but what I'm saying is, like for me personally, I don't get as attached per se, mm-hmm. like. So many other times that I can think of when characters die in TV shows, you're like, oh, man, that sucks. But you know what? We're going to move on. But I remember when he died, like really, like for some reason, I I, I, like I missed him. I missed that dynamic. Yeah. In the following episodes. And so 
Well, the, you know, it, he had his character. Like I had just really come to love him as a character. Um, yeah. So he, he's in your top five characters. He is. Spoiler he is. alert. If you haven't watched our top five characters, in go back and watch it. You should. Watch he's also it. he's also got one of my favorite lightsabers of all time. You mean listen to it? That's what I meant. You know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, Drew, what was your number four? Okay, so my number four, and then we'll go back to Jeremiah's number four because he didn't even say his number four. Oh, that's, that's fine. well. What well, that's we, fine. We, I talked we, about two, so that's fine. Yeah. Um. So my number four is the mall and Obi Wan fight scene. Oh boy. In Rebels. That's on my oh, list. Oh, and, and Rebels, huh? Okay. Yeah. See, That I, one is I, on my list. I kind of let that pause go for a little bit. Um, Yeah, so I really... Enj- Some people don't like this because it was too fast. Blah, blah, blah. For me, in Rebels, um, Maul is at his lowest of his low. And it... It Even lower kind of, than when he was a spider in the garbage heap? I think this is as low as his low. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I think when he was a spider, he was still going to... I think he was still building up to get out. I like to think, but I don't know. Maybe not. But I think emotionally, he is just broken. And oh, it yeah. just shows so much like heartache for Maul. And he was so desperate to try to kill Obi-Wan. And then when Obi-Wan manhandle him legitly with oh, one swipe with a manhandling uh, that's like this was more wisdom than manhandling i mean sure i don't know it's it was quick it was it was like supposed to represent like a samurai at the highest peak and finding a like a samurai who's not quite there yet and it was just Really quick swipe, and he died. And I just, I love that interaction with him, with Obi Wan holding Maul at the end of it too. And Maul asks, like the question that he asks is like, Luke, the chosen one. And I like how much like diversity that conversation actually has in all of Star Wars. And if you didn't listen to what one of our cantina, um. Con- uh, conversations about who is the tr- chosen one and what is the chosen one. Um, this got brought up, so go check that po- episode out. Um, I think that's like what a couple episodes back, not too far back, but anyways, I just really love that scene and that interaction with Maul and stuff like that. And and that's the Maul's end, and we've seen Maul a lot more like in the last of uh, Clone Wars, and so like. For me, that scene even brings so much more depth to his character. So I really liked it, and I Maul. I think Maul was my number one character, if I remember correctly. I'm not. So sure. that was your that was your number four. That was my number four. So it was also on my list. What number was that for you? Ah, there's a part of me that wants to wait until I get to it. Is it your number one? No. So your number three. I see there's two or three now. <laughs> there's a part of me just for consistency's sake that I think I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Okay. So Okay. So then my number four 
My number four is from Revenge of the Sith, Anakin versus Obi Wan Kenobi. That's also on my list. <laughs> that, yep. So um, that's crazy. So I would say that that's the emotion of that fight was just top notch. Like it was just super emotional, and also I would say it is the best choreographed lightsaber fight we've seen at least in live action the animated stuff that's different because it's it's over the top and they can do things with animation that they can't do with people but when it comes to just a strict choreography of two live people doing dueling i would say that that's the best especially that that first half of that fight when they're actually standing on solid ground oh yeah (laughs) um i just think that whole thing from the moment that you know, Obi-Wan is standing on the ramp of the ship with his hands to his side and he looks and <laughs> like, that's okay. That's that stance was kind of awkward looking, but whatever. There's so many memes, uh, the, the prequel memes that I'm having flashback. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. But so, yeah. okay. It's a little corny, but it's still like when Anakin's like, you brought him here to kill me type of thing from that scene all the way to, you know, when, the fight's over and Obi-Wan takes his lightsaber and walks away. Like that whole thing. And on top of that, like during this is, you know, it's going back and forth between this fight and the Yoda versus Sidious fight. And so that also adds more tension to the scene, but specifically that the Anakin and Obi-Wan part, it was just, it was just the most meaningful because it was really the, the, the drastic fall of Anakin and how far he fell so quickly. Yeah. And, you know, Anakin is one of my, was in one of my top five characters. And I think I mentioned in that episode that, you know, every time I think about the fall of Anakin, I just get super sad because I still can't believe it. And this is kind of like the pinnacle of like him falling to the dark side and what he turned into. Um, so I think, you know, and then him turning to the dark side and doing this whole, it's, it's such an impactful thing on the Star Wars universe. Like it's everything about Star Wars is based on Anakin in a sense. And so, yeah, so um, that's my number I'm, four. I'm actually going to go ahead and get, go on the coattail of that one because that's my number three. Okay. Um, since we're moving from four to three anyways. Um, yeah, that was, that was actually my number three scene. And, um, for all of the reasons why you just mentioned, but, um, you know, it's two, it's these two guys who loved each other's, each other like brothers. And now like Obi-Wan is having to face the fact that his best friend who he thought he had faith in to destroy the Sith, he's now turned his brother. He's now, he's now turned. And so there's even that there's even that dialogue where he he's like I don't want to have to kill you Anakin um and Anakin goes you will try or whatever he says but like it, it's not yeah. the it, he wasn't taunting Anakin he wasn't like it's not like you know when you he got to be like, a yeah, yeah to be yeah. a hero in like an anime or something he's like I don't want to have to kill you huh? you know like he's not <laughs> they're not bragging no he literally doesn't want him to have to die which is why throughout the that whole fight scene that there's these dialogue points of where obi-wan and him are going back and forth of you know 
Palpatine has clouded your mind and he's blah, 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 blah. And then Anakin does the whole, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Like there's this whole back and forth where you can tell that Obi-Wan doesn't want to have to kill him. And if he can, he's going to try to turn him back. And then you can even see it in his fighting because Obi-Wan has always been um, a practitioner of, and for everyone that knows more about the lightsaber fighting styles, please forgive me, but I'm pretty sure it's Sorisu, which is like the, the kind of basic, more defensive style. And even though he's a defensive fighter, you can tell that Anakin's on, he's like pressing in and he's on the attack for most of the fight. And for most of the fight, he has Obi-Wan on his heels. And I think Obi-Wan did that specifically because he was trying to find a way the entire time to not just, you know, end it super quickly. But then, you know, with the choreography, you also see how, just equally matched they were as duelists. Um, yeah, I think that whole scene, you know, the tension is rising because when that, you know, when that came out, we all knew what happened to Anakin. Like we knew he got burnt to a crisp. That's why he's in the Darth Vader suit, but we didn't know how it happened. And so like, I remember being on edge the whole time. Like what, when is he, is he going to fall in the lava? What's going to happen? Is he going to catch on fire or whatever? And uh, yeah. And then you have the dialogue at the end where Obi-Wan has the high ground and, you know, he's like, you were my brother. You were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join, you know, all those things. And you can tell like he's torn. He's super torn and he's genuinely heartbroken. And so, yeah, very impactful, super. I mean, obviously the impact it has on the Star Wars canon, but um, the depth that it shows for Obi-Wan and for Anakin is, is really, really cool and really eye opening too. So. Touche. So, uh, since since Jeremiah and I have been kind of ping ponging back and forth, Drew, do you just want to go? You want to go ahead with your number three? Yeah, my number three is from Empire Strikes Back. Okay, um, Luke, I am your father. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that that's a good one. So, um, I really liked that scene. I remember that as a kid and. Stuff like that, and I just, I just know like that scene has a, a pretty impactful thing in like all of cinema. Like people still talk about that scene, and oh, people yeah. like grew up in that era. That was such an impactful scene, and like for me, I love that scene. And like, like Luke is sitting there like with one arm off, and he's t- and his dad is telling him that he is a bad guy, and Luke, it believed that up until this point how like his dad died in the clone wars and his dad was supposed to be like this really intense person and really good fighter but he died and stuff like that and to see like he found out that his dad was a bad guy and i feel like he kind of knew it the entire time he just didn't want to believe it like spiritually like he felt like there was a connection there between him and Vader. Oh yeah. And then, and then when he reveals it, he didn't want to believe it and it took him a while to believe it. And so like, I just love that interaction. And yeah, like it's, it has just as much cheesiness as I have the high ground. I feel like sometimes Luke, when he said like, no, and he screamed it pretty much the same amount of cheesiness as when I had the high ground. And yeah, I I think it's only cheesy in hindsight because at the time oh yeah no and like and, you, you, you're time, seeing that in theaters for the first time and you're it, oh, yeah. it just blows your world apart like for sure. no one and, no one was expecting that no for sure so yeah at the time 
Um, yeah, probably didn't. But like when you look back and it, it's like super drastic and like the way he acted was super intense. But yeah, uh, I really love that scene. And I know that how many people who started with Star Wars, how crazy that was. And those those two years that they waited for Return of the Jedi probably killed them. So oh, it was agonizing. Yeah. And so I I just think that scene has to be in my top five if I if you're like really I love the prequel or the the original trilogy is like my my favorite. So it yeah. has to be up there for me. So yeah. Sweet. That's mine. Awesome. So then Jeremiah. My number, number three. three. So it's uh Ahsoka versus Darth Vader. In Twilight of the Apprentice oh, Part Two, dude, that almost made my list. I want you to know that did not make my list. That is I like that. that is like an an intense honorable mention for me. It almost made my list. Yeah. So, as most people who know my Star Wars fandom, like like Ahsoka is my favorite, and so this is her story arc coming to its climax of her having. You know, earlier in the season, she and season this is season two that this happens, the finale. But earlier in the season, she she confirms that basically that Darth Vader is Anakin, and so she's wrestling with this. And um, her confronting Vader was just super emotional because she had to come to grips with with who her master came to be, and right. um, this whole like. From the moment Vader shows up and he starts to fight Ezra to the end of the episode, like that, it's just nonstop emotional, sad, intense, and um, the the dialogue that they have uh, at the start is like is one of my favorite pieces of dialogue, um, where Vader says he's like, Anakin Skywalker was weak, I destroyed him. Yeah, so it's like, um, then I will avenge his death. And then Vader goes, Revenge is not the Jedi way. And then it's yeah. like, I am no Jedi. And she ignites yeah. her lightsabers. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like it was just so emotional. And she, she was so like when they're fighting, she was so swift and with her two sabers jumping around, twisting around, and it was it was almost like an equal match for for Anakin or for Vader where yeah you know like they of course you know Vader would have gotten additional lightsaber training from Sidious probably and so his style is probably you know a mix between what he learned from Sidious and as what he learned from growing up as a Jedi but you know his fighting style is probably something that Ahsoka was familiar with and so because she was trained by Anakin, you know, they probably had similar, you know, styles yeah. and and technique and stuff. And so they were very equally matched. You know, obviously Vader was more powerful than her, but she was able to stay toe to toe with him the whole time until he force pushed her off the cliff side of the yeah. whatever. Um and then a few minutes later when she comes back and is running at him and from behind and he turns around and she slices his helmet open. 
Mm-hmm. Like that was so unexpected that like she was going to slice it in. And then he, we see him. Then he What's also great about the scene is that when he's getting up after he got his helmet sliced, he says Ahsoka as if he was Anakin. Yeah. And Which now we know carries so much more weight after the final season of Clone Wars. Yeah. And and so you know, people will always say that or not always, but most people fans will say that um Luke was the person that brought a conflict to Vader to turn back to the light. But I I think that Anakin has always been trapped inside of Vader and was always looking for a way out. And this yeah. was a this was a moment where Vader let his guard down and Anakin popped back out and they look at each other and Ahsoka is not talking to Vader now. She's talking to Anakin and she says, I won't leave you, not this time. And implying how she left from the Jedi Order. And he he's contemplating what to do because now his Vader is starting to rise up because he's conflicted on what conflicted on what to do. And he's like then you will die. And da, da, da. and then they start fighting again, and then it kind of ends there. We don't see yeah. the fate of that fight until this final season of of Rebels. Um, but spoiler alert, she doesn't die. She survives. Surprise. But uh, yeah, so when that scene happened, that was my number one moment in all of Star Wars, and that got replaced by Kanan's death and then another oh, scene. Oh, right. And so... I just think, you know, for for Ahsoka's story arc, this was like the the climax of her story arc in life so far. Um sure. So that's that's why it's at number three. Sweet. Well, before we get into our final two, eat well, Jeremiah's already kind of done his number two, but before we get yep. into the top two for each of us, um, I think this would be a good moment to take a quick break and hear from a word or hear a word from our sponsor. What do you guys think? Yes, do it. All right, here we go. Hey everyone, Andrew here. I'm pleased to tell you that the sponsor for today's episode is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. If you don't know anything about Wesley Andrews, you definitely should. They're an award-winning coffee roaster and shop in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they make fantastic coffee. The awesome thing is that they have a subscription service that gets those amazing coffee beans delivered to your door on an either weekly, bi-weekly, or a monthly basis. Unfortunately, we're all being negatively affected by this virus right now. With that being said, what a better time to try some new coffee and support a local business. I know they'll greatly appreciate it, and we will too. After all, using the code Empire Radio with a capital E and a capital R with no space at checkout, when you start a new subscription at wesleyandrews.cc, you'll get 50% off your first purchase. I can't think of a better deal. Get 50% off, support a local Minneapolis coffee shop, and support your favorite Star Wars podcast. In the words of Emperor Palpatine, do it. So yeah, you should totally do it. You should get a coffee do subscription. It. Do it. All right, so... Number twos, except for Jeremiah. Yep. Jeremiah already did his number two, but my number two Wait, was... you just did your number three. Let me go. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Wait, oh. what? 
No, go ahead. I ordered have, a guy. Have you? You you'll be doing your two in a row. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Because you just finished your number three. No, but I didn't. Go ahead. Jeremiah just finishes. Oh, Jeremiah three. just said. Never mind. I lied. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was. The really ad was long, so I was confused by the ad. Oh so. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, okay. So, so my number two, uh, Drew already hit on this. But it is the fight scene between Obi Wan and Maul in Rebels. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is my number two for a multitude of reasons. But um, first for of all, Drew, multitude. Ah, get multitude. out! Get out! <laughs> Boo! Uh, that was a good one, Jeremiah. No, that Prop. was. I give you ten points. Ten <laughs> Star Wars Typically points. Jeremiah one. doesn't pull those. That was good. Um, but drew you hit on it you hit the nail on the head um (laughs) this was very reminiscent of like old samurai movies Mm -hmm. and okay so one of my favorite movies of all time outside of star wars seven samurai Samurai, oh i called it (laughs) yep is seven samurai by akira kurosawa his dude all of those like old black and white samurai movies but that's a good one uh seven samurai um, if you don't know, those of you that don't know, I have a history with martial arts and I love like samurai ninja esque things. And so, um, yeah, dude, this, this screamed like old samurai duel to me because of how quick it was. Yeah. And like, th- that's the thing, like in those old duels, like even in, re- in the real world, when they would duel, um, they weren't long drawn out, like movie fight scenes. It was like, you know if you if you got into like a minute or two where you were actually clashing swords that was that was pretty long that i mean like you were really kind of equal drawing things out um because normally the goal was to kill the other person as quickly as you possibly could with as many with as few cuts as it took until like there's a famous scene in seven samurai where um some of the characters are walking down a road and there's a duel happening and they, they stay in their fighting stances for like a solid 30 or 40 seconds. And then it's over in an instant. Mm-hmm. Like that. It's just like one cut. And the second there's an opening, the guy takes it and the other guy's dead. And that's what it reminded me of specifically. Um, Jeremiah, have but, you ever seen seven Samurais? No. Oh, Oh, it's so good. It's like three and a half hours long. It's so good though. It's Yeah. It's it's. It was. I watched it in history class because. Did you really? Some, yeah, because somehow it got brought up that, um, like I, I think one kid was talking about how his favorite movie was Magnificent Seven. Oh. And something like that, and my history teacher got pissed off. He's like, <laughs> "That is not that you know that movie was copied," and they're like, "No, it wasn't." It's so like. It was like some some presentation. He had a whole thing about how that was one of the best cowboy movies, and it was oh, a movie no. before not, nothing. And then, so then we literally the next week we watched it for like every single for like for a whole week. For we had like three of his classes, and we watched yeah. it. And, and then at the end of it, the the kid was like, "All right, they copied it." It was like honestly, yeah, I mean that storyline. In general, shout out to Mr. Lito. He was the one of the best teachers ever, and yeah. So yeah, I mean, like that storyline has been copied so many times too. Um, there's an episode that was dedicated to Akira uh, Kurosawa of Clone Wars, and it was the one where they 
it was the bandits episode where hondo's bandits yeah. were attacking the village at the small it, like it's that story it's the same plot um just with a different skin on it well but uh dude like even episode was that four a mandalorian oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So four. I think, I think, what i think i mentioned that at one point yeah it's literally kind of like the same thing like yeah the small uh, village needs protection and these heroes come protect them but yep um, but yeah, the the choreography for that fight scene between Maul and Obi Wan, like it's just crisp. It's 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 there's no fluff. Like it's just what it needs to be, and Obi Wan accomplishes exactly what he needs to in just the least amount of moves. And then I love that you're dealing with a an older, more mature Obi Wan who has had time to get a get alone and meditate and mature as a Jedi. And his fighting style is more mature. He doesn't waste any movement. Like, you know, Drew, like you said, you've got Maul at his lowest point emotionally. And it's interesting. Um, it's not because Maul shows up and he's like kind of goading him a little bit. And then it's not until Maul pieces together that Obi-Wan is protecting something that he mm -hmm. actually draws his lightsaber. And so like Obi-Wan wasn't really even going to fight him, but then he figured it out. And Obi-Wan was like, well, I guess this has got to be the way it goes. Um. But dude, uh, yeah, the the whole fight scene was beautiful. The exchange between Maul and Obi-Wan at the end was like it really blurred the line between them being like obviously they weren't friends, but like it kind of blurred that line between Maul and Obi-Wan being like true enemies because then you know Maul's got the the line where he's like, "Well, you have to avenge us." And you know, it it it's where Maul finally finds peace and anyways, yeah. I I could go on, but that's why it's in my number 2. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll comment on it just because it's also a good scene. I would say that it's probably a, for sure my top 15 scenes, probably in my top 10 as well. Um, Dang. <laughs> but uh, have you, have you thought something that you both you kind of. Yeah, you have a okay. top 15 list, don't you, Jeremy? No, I don't. That's fine. But, um, <laughs> but uh, something that you guys didn't mention, though. Um, How dare us. About the choreography that... Um, uh, when Maul Maul's tries to cross check Obi Wan in the oh, head, yeah, it's the same thing. Same thing that he did to yep to Qui Gon Jinn, but Obi Wan cut through it with his lightsaber. And so, and at the beginning of that fight, um, Obi Wan goes from his classic, you know, pointing his two finger stance to Qui-Gon Jinn's stance that he had yes, at the beginning yes, he of does. the Maul fight in Phantom Menace. And so this, like you mentioned that he's much a much wiser Jedi and fighter at this moment. Like it shows that he, he learned how to defend against Maul oh. by remembering how he attacked Qui-Gon Jinn. And yeah. he, he cut through that cross check with the one, one hit to kill him yeah and it was definitely fool me once shame on you or shame on me or wait no how's this yeah. thing go? fool me once saying. shame on me fool me twice whatever i don't know whatever but um yeah so that's that shows his maturity and i really like that they that the uh, dave filoni and the writers they specifically made it like that to where yeah um, where Maul, you know, he's staying his old self where he's just, 
using his passion and not using any wisdom, but Obi-Wan uses his wisdom and no passion. Um, Cause like in, in the clone wars, when he's interacts with Maul, uh, like there's one scene where, you know, uh, Obi-Wan goes to track down Maul cause Maul and Savage, they destroy a village and kill innocent people. And Obi-Wan goes and confronts the village and, uh, he fights Maul and Asajj Ventress shows up and it's Obi-Wan, Asajj versus Savage and Maul. And yeah. uh, Obi-Wan, he's super terrible at fighting because he's unbalanced. Uh, Maul accuses, you're, you're unbalanced. You're, you're not thinking, you're not strong right now. Like, And so at one point, Obi-Wan was just using his passion to fight and he was terrible. But in this scene in Rebels, he uses his wisdom to fight and it defeats Maul. So, yeah, yeah. All right. So, we've heard about Jeremiah's number two, but Drew, we have not heard about your number two. Yeah, go for it. So, my number two is um, actually kind of. I kind of regret it being my number two at this point. I kind of wish I would have changed the order a little bit, but I'm gonna go with it. Just go with it, that. yeah. But anyways, my number two is Han Solo and Greedo scene in the cantina. Oh, yeah. So, and the New Hope. Um, they, now, now, what version? Uh, the first version. The original, <laughs> the OG Han shot first. Not, they shot at the same time. Not Greedo shot first. No, Han shot first. So, for me, um, as a child, that scene was really intense. and. It showed that like Han Solo was out to do whatever he could to get to kind of like I don't even know to get the money to pay back um, Jabba, but to just do whatever he could to survive. And it was like to show that he was an outlaw. He didn't follow the rules properly. He he was like a scoundrel, as they say. And so, like, I just really love that scene and that interaction. And even, like, Greedo's, like, the way he talks is, like, the way that his species talks is was, like, so unique at the time. And it is, like, yeah. such a cool alien speaking voice to say. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed it and really like it. And, like, and like leading up to that, like, the whole Cancina scene is probably, like, my favorite, like, place in Star Wars. Like it, the cantina itself is like somewhere like I've always wanted to go visit if I could, and yeah. so like I just love that, and I love, love Tatooine. You guys all know that. Um, you have I to go. Top, so, so for me, I just love that, and that just built up that scene so dramatically, and and I do. I'm not gonna lie, I love the controversy it has in Star Wars, and Han shot first. So I just love that whole thing and like what it brings to the Star Wars universe. It's kind of cheesy. That's my number two, but I I love it. I thought it was pretty good. Well, you can I think you can visit that in Tunisia. Really? It's like a it's a guy's home. <laughs> I mean, you oh. just have to go. You just have to go knock on the door. I mean, but <laughs> I visited the Star Wars Cantina in Galaxy's Edge, and yeah. I mean, it's not the same Cantina, but. It felt really cool, and I did love it. And I, I literally <laughs> ate there three times, and I thought it was really cool. So that's yeah, that's cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. But one day I'll get there. Someday. One day. One day. Okay. All right. Our number ones. Now We're you guys want to give some honorable mentions before we get. Uh, um. Yeah. I got two really quickly that, I mean, there's a, there's a lot. Okay. The Ahsoka. Huh? Do we all have the same number one? Cause I no. feel like. No, no, probably not. I guarantee you guys don't have the same number one as me. I can't say that me and Jeremiah don't have the same number one. Oh, we have different. I can tell you that. Ooh, okay. Because I, I think you complained about this scene or something. At That's one point. funny. So yeah, here here are some quick honorable mentions. Um, Jeremiah's scene that he touched on Ahsoka and Vader in Rebels. Yep, that's um, one of mine too. Basically, anything with Thrawn in it, I love Thrawn. He's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. IG Eleven sacrifice in the Mandalorian. I loved that scene. Ooh. I love the exchange between IG Eleven and the walk scene. Yeah, mm. I love his. Respect. I I love that scene and the way Din Djarin kind of comes around to him right at the very mm-hmm. end. Um, there there's like fourteen in the Mandalorian alone that I could put on the Dude, list. Honestly, but. like at chapter three, when all the Mandalorians come out to help. Din oh Jaren. heck yeah! That all oh, that was on my list, and then I traded it with Maul and Obi Wan, but that was my number yeah. four on my list. Um, and then another one that is kind of a classic epic scene is the lightsaber duel from Episode One, one with Maul. So yep, there's a, there's a few for me. That I actually wanted to put that one on my list too because of what Dave Filoni described. And oh. episodes of the um, what is it? the, the, the Disney Gallery, Gallery. Mandalorian series? Yeah, yeah. Because what what that brings to all of Star Wars is so intense, and I think that's episode what two or three, two, two. I think two episode yeah, two, two. Go listen to the last seven minutes; it will change your life. Literally, it was so good, but. Yeah, some honorable mentions for me would be uh, the the, uh, the the sorry the Maul versus Obi Wan and Qui Gon Jinn scene. Um, I also wanted to do Han Solo's death was up there for me. Oh yeah, uh, that, that was going to be my number five spot, but I changed it uh-huh. with the Maul reveal in the Solo movie. Um, Dude, I was literally thinking, what is something in the last? That was good. And now this number one, I wouldn't be surprised if it's someone's number one here. But an honorable mention would be the Vader hallway scene. Oh, that's that. That's a good one. It's not my number one, but that is a that is a really good one. Yeah, that is pretty good. I was wondering if I should have it in my top five, but I was like. As cool as it was, it was just sure. fan service, eye candy. It wasn't like it, okay. didn't, it didn't feed all my uh, my criteria that I had. But that, sure, that one is pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, that's those are some honorable mentions. I I also I was thinking about mentioning the um, Ben Ben Solo and Han Solo conversation. Was oh, really the rise, good. The rise, rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah, I really do like that scene. And what about um, the the Ben and Ray kiss? 
Dude, how did you know about my number one? (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. I um, yeah. So yeah, joking. Um, I just I like that scene. I honestly I like the book version of that scene so much more because it describes it so much better and like how it happened and stuff. But yeah. Oh, and we can't Uh, forget uh the opera scene and Revenge of the Sith. Oh yes, we can. Yes, we can. Solely for the memes. <laughs> but uh yeah. Anyway, we All right. jump into our number ones. Okay, I'm gonna rip the band-aid off. You ready? Yep. My number one is from the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, definitely not on my list. Keep going. Is it on your list, Jeremiah? No. Okay, that's good. Okay, that's good. Um it's from the Empire Strikes Back, and it is the whole scene when Luke is training with Yoda. And when, like, the whole thing where Luke tries to get his X-Wing out of the swamp on Dagobah, and then he can't do it, and then Yoda does it. Um, That's your number one scene of all Star Wars? Yeah. Oh, shots fired. Shots oh, fired. I, I was wondering. I, was just... <laughs> I mean, respect, again, I feel respect. like... This is a safe place. This is a safe place. <laughs> no, okay, but think about it. Okay, so at the time, so when I started watching Star Wars... None like the prequels didn't exist yet. Like I started True. watching. I mean, they were coming very quickly, like pretty quickly after I started watching Star Wars, they started coming out. But like my first experience with Star Wars was the original trilogy on Me VHS, mm-hmm. and so like you you hear about Jedi and you see some of the stuff they can do in A New Hope, but you're like, okay, well, clearly they're powerful. But you know, Obi Wan chooses to die. Luke really hasn't gotten it together yet, so he doesn't really know what he's doing, and then. You get to Empire, and Obi-Wan instructs him to go see Yoda, and he's supposed to get trained. And it starts building up. You're like, oh, okay. We're going to get to see this this Jedi Master, and he's going to train him. And then you start seeing that. And then you see the first like re- really powerful use of the Force in Star Wars. Because he mm-hmm. like he picks up an X-Wing out of, the, out of the swamp, and he brings it over to Luke. But then, so first of all, it's it's awe inspiring to see for the first time because you're like, holy crap! He just he just raised it. He did what Luke could not do. He's way stronger than Luke, and he's so much smaller. And then the music is incredible. Like the the whole scene as a as a package is just beautiful. But then you have the dialogue, yeah. right? So I actually pulled up the the dialogue from this from the script. So Luke tries and he says, "I can't. It's too big." And then Yoda says. Size matter not. Size, stop. Size matters not. Look at me. Judge me by my size. Do you? He goes and and well, you, uh, Thomas, that's incorrect. Um, oh no, he goes. Well, you should not. For my ally is the force, and a powerful ally it it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us, binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you everywhere. Here, between you and me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land and the ship. So you have like the first ex- experience where someone's explaining, like Obi-Wan explained it in A New Hope, but like you're getting deeper into the force. And then Luke says, you want the impossible, and he starts to walk away. And then Yoda sighs, and he picks up the, the X-Wing and brings it over to the shore. And um, Luke says, I don't believe it. And then Yoda drops the mic and goes, that is why you fail. And I just, I just remember being like, dude, Yoda's preaching now. (laughs) Like, 
I, he goes, I don't believe it. And Yoda goes, that is why you fail. It's just like such a, such a good, like developing scene for Luke. And it shows Yoda as like what he truly is, as this wise old, like sage of a Jedi master who's training Luke and he's explaining the force. I don't know. It was just, it was really oh, formative for me as a kid. So I, that's why. Interesting. Respect. I like it. So sorry for anybody that was let down, but I don't take it back. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone's let down. I mean, you were supposed to say that's what she said a couple of times, but no, no I, it's family friendly. <laughs> it's a family show. It's family. Um, yep. All uh, right. Jeremiah. Yeah. Jeremiah go. Do you guys have any guesses on what it could be? Ahsoka leaving um, the Jedi order. No. Oh, does wow. it? It's got to involve Ahsoka. It does. Yeah. It's, okay, there you uh, go. Fight scene between Ahsoka and Maul. Close. It's the dis- discussion between Maul and Ahsoka before they fight. Ah, that was like uh, my second guess. I feel like that's the same. Uh, yes and no. But uh, yeah, that that speech that Maul gives and discussion that they have together just before they duel in. Uh, Phantom of the Apprentice episode of the final season of Clone Wars, I think is best name for an episode of all time. But it, it was the best. It's if you go listen to our our discussion on our Clone Wars Save podcast on that episode. But um, for me, that scene fundamentally changed all of Star Wars for me. Just my whole understanding of of Revenge of the Sith and Anakin's fall and how um, in that episode and in the episode after that, how there were uh, just small little things that could have happened that would have stopped Anakin from falling to the dark side. Like this, this scene explained that all so perfectly. And it was, the emotion was intense. Um, There's, you know, there's a war going on outside the, the throne room where they're standing. Um, Sam Witwer's uh, acting for Maul's voice was just amazing and super emotional. And, yeah, it was. And how Maul's speech, um, it did actually sway Ahsoka to join Maul until he revealed that his plan was to kill Anakin. Um and I just think that that whole scene, the music, because it has the, the, it's very full of tension. I think we were t- we talked about the, the shepherd note was going through that, the whole eerie music, um, the acting, the animation, um, the conflict of what should and shouldn't be done in the moment. Um, it just fundamentally changed all of Star Wars for me. And it, it really is the best Star Wars could ever be. And, Right after that, that's when Maul and Ahsoka fight, and that's arguably the best uh, animated lightsaber fight uh, that we see. Um, possibly the best fight because it's all motion cap, and they can t- do motion cap with um, added animation to make it over the top. And so, yeah, it's that's my favorite scene. Sweet man, all I right. have. I have a quick random fact uh, about Sam Witwer that I just recently learned. Yeah. Um, did you know he was in The Walking Dead? 
No, because no. I've never watched any of that show. Yeah, I, I only saw like the first two, maybe three seasons. Um, but there is a scene, I think in the first episode, where Rick, um, he's like super disoriented. He's just woken up and all this stuff, and he's like outside. And he goes into a tank. There's like a tank in the middle of the road. Drew, have you seen this? Mm-hmm. Do you, okay, so he goes into the tank, and there's the zombie there mm-hmm. in the tank. Yeah, is that Sam? That's Sam. Oh, I didn't know. And get this. There was actually supposed to be a spinoff starring him as a soldier in the midst of the the initial breakout. Mm. And... um. Because doesn't Rick like use like a grenade or something that he finds in there? Yeah. To, to okay, so it was supposed to be a tie-in where the whole it was like a limited run series, and he was supposed to be the the lead character, and then he was supposed to the final moment of the show was when someone hands the grenade to him, um, and he goes into the tank, and he turns before he can use it to help him escape. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then it was supposed to like literally go up to where Rick finds him in the the show. Anyways, this is not the about the Walking Dead, but I learned that and I was like, oh, huh. He's he he's done so many other things that I don't know about. True. Anyways, all right. Do you guys have any guess on my number one? Hmm. Well, it's probably I... going to be on Tatooine <laughs> from episode four, but. I would like to say that it is the duel between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader in A New Hope. No. <laughs> okay. Wait, Hold really? On. Was is that it... your legit guess, Andrew? No, I, I have a few other... Wait, okay. Uh, which trilogy does it take place in? Um, Neither. Huh? Oh. This is an animated Clone one? Clone Wars mm-hmm. or Rebels? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna tell you because then you'll. I'm trying. Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying to guess. I'm trying to guess. Animated Clone Wars. Okay. Uh, the I, oh, I, I know what it is. It's I don't uh, know what. Is, is, is it from the Emperor Palpatine? Wow, you guys are so bad at guessing. I was oh. gonna say it was from the Mortis arc. Okay, it's legitimately what Jeremiah just said. Oh. Well, that's, that's a good scene, anyway. So my number probably. one. Well, not my number one scene. I so that's why I said Jeremiah. I feel like they're like the same scene because like my number one scene is that conversation, and then it like jumps into that fight scene and with the glass like blowing in their face and like that intense moment. And then that fight scene is the best fight scene of all Star Wars. Wait, I I thought you said it was the one. I I said Savage and Maul versus Palpatine. Yeah, what was your? What was no, your number I said one? What, yeah, what Jeremiah was his number one pick is my number one pick. You guys had the same number one? Yeah, that's what I said. What? Dang. That's, that's what I said that me and Jeremiah, I was like, I'm pretty sure Jeremiah, you and me have the same number one. And you I said, you didn't like that scene. No, I liked it. I loved it. Oh, it's, man. I think it's amazing. And that fight scene, after watching him for like the fifth time, like that fight scene is the best. So, like, that's what I was saying. Like, that transition to me is almost like one long scene. Like it's definitely separate, but I consider it like one long scene because like, like, I don't know. I just love that conversation that they have. And then when the glass breaks and like all this stuff and they're still talking and then they jump into that, that big fight scene is just so good. And like, 
Ahsoka is so crazy good. And when she talks and was like, well, good thing that my master didn't come here because you wouldn't have won. Like she's like taunting him and making fun of him in the middle of the fight scene. And Maul's super desperate too. And it's this really good scene. And, and they capture Maul too. Spoilers. And like, this is so good. So yeah. All right. I mean, that's surprising. I would have never guessed that in a million years. Now, <laughs> That's now what I said. I, I was like, I'm pretty sure we had the same number one. You said no. I was like, two, we two, and I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> well, so. now I feel left out. But <laughs> I just, I just thought that changed Star Wars so much. Like it really did to me. And like, I don't I know. believe you. Clone Wars isn't like. There's a lot of things I not like. It's not my favorite Star Wars stuff at all. But that scene is so good. Like. I've watched it so much and I've shown people it that don't even watch Star Wars and like, that's so cool. And then to, to learn that half of it is like real and the real people actually did that stuff is so cool. So go check out if you guys didn't see that. Yeah. Well, another thing they should check out um, is the other two podcasts under the Empire Radio family of podcasts. And those are, Speaking of Clone Wars, the Clone Wars Save podcast, which is dedicated to uh, the seventh and final season that we know of, at least, of Clone Wars. And it uh, there's an episode for each episode. So mm-hmm. you should just go back and rewatch an episode of Clone Wars and listen to that. There's a corresponding episode for every episode that aired on Disney+. Plus. And then same with The Mandalorian, uh, The Mandalorian podcast. Um, there's an episode dedicated to each of the episodes, plus a few more. And then now we are going through episode by episode um, the Disney Gallery, the Mandalorian docuseries. So there is this, there, if you liked what you heard here today, there's a lot of other stuff that you can listen to. Um, yes. That, that is all Star Wars related. Um, also, Jeremiah, tell them about our social media. Yeah. So facebook.com slash Empire Radio Podcast. Uh, we're up to 68 likes on facebook so definitely if you haven't liked us add us on facebook and also on instagram empire radio podcast podcast yeah so yeah go check out those make sure you go um if you guys love what you listen to and you want to voice your opinion on your top five or call us trash or the first half of this episode (laughs) is trash whatever you prefer to say um you guys can go leave a voicemail at anchor.fm slash empire radio and um you can or it's empire dash radio i should say but you yeah, can go you check go. out that when you it's also under any pot like any app that you're listening to this so if you're listening to this on apple just go below and there's that link to go leave same us a hot the same on spotify as well and pretty much any podcast stream app that you're listening to this from so go check yeah. that stuff out leave us voicemail we'd love to hear what your opinion is yeah, and there's a possibility if we like it enough, even if it's like trash talking us a little bit, we yeah. might we yeah, might even play trash. it in an episode. Yeah, we might even play it in an episode. So go do that. We'd love to have some interaction with our listeners. So yeah, so right. this has been our top five moments in all of Star Wars canon. Um, stay tuned. We've got some other really fun stuff coming your way in the coming weeks. So stay tuned. There's still more to come. Um, But yeah, this has been another episode of the Empire Radio Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Drew. And may the force be with you.
Oh, oh. Yeah.